This is The Business Machine, where we talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. We know that they, as high-energy, non-stop, inspirational leaders, are behind their well-oiled machines. We will get their tips and tools and also listen to their mistakes and how they overcame them. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines and create a great team so that our machines will eventually run themselves. So get ready. Up next, The Business Machine is firing up. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode. I know I say that all the time of the business machine, but today is like no other. Again, we've got a person from Southern California, and his name is Russ Rafino, and he's the founder of Clients on Demand, the most reliable client attraction system in the world. Russ built a multi-million dollar business helping experts create simple, strong, repeatable marketing and sales processes that attract perfect clients at the perfect price anytime they want. So I'm super excited all the way from Southern California. Russ, Rafino, how you doing, man? Great, man. How are you? Good, good. And congratulations. Uh, uh, last time we, we were scheduled to do a podcast, man, you uh, texted me on Skype. You're like, yeah, I'm in the uh, waiting room and we're about to have a baby. So congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, that, man. That was cool, man. I know Here what that's like. Yeah, he's great. Everything went well and uh, he's perfect, man. Yeah, so. It's funny too, because like you got you got right back to me like, dude, I never do this. I'm like, hey, man, don't explain to me. You already explained enough. Like, hey, go for it. So that was cool, man. Congrats. I hope everything's going well. Yeah, so, everything's been everything's been great so far. So tell us what you do. You know, somebody comes up to you, Russ, and this is the typical question, but you know, you're out uh, on the beach or whatever, and you're walking around, somebody starts talking to you, and you say, hey, man, what do you do? What would you tell them? Well, basically, in a nutshell, my company is called Clients on Demand, and what we do is we help coaches, consultants, thought leaders, um, and then also service providers, your attorneys, accountants, um, SEO people, uh, graphic designers. We help people get the right clients at the right price anytime they want. Yeah, I'm looking. You know, I was looking at your site and, and kind of doing some research, and and I really like. You know, we'll talk about this in a minute. I like your Inc. article. I thought that was really cool. But then looking at some of your um, testimonials from your clients too, and some of those test. Testimonials are, I mean, there's some pretty big numbers in there. And I think some people that don't really, you know, that aren't really comfortable with the online business model yet, or maybe they haven't moved into that, you know, they might see those numbers and go, man, I don't know, that, that, that sounds like some big numbers, but you seem to be getting those for your clients pretty regularly. Yeah, we don't play around when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, so in a nutshell, we do, we do a few things. Okay. okay. So first of all, um, you know, we show people how to attract a steady stream of new new clients into their business, okay? But the other thing that we do is um, not just attract those clients, but attract the clients that you really want to work with so that you're not, you know, settling and working with a bunch of people that you don't really want to work with, but also attract the clients that you want to work with at the price you want to charge. And so what happens is most of the clients that come to work with us, you know, maybe they come in and when we first meet them, they're charging 100 bucks an hour or $200 an hour. And what we do is we get them selling programs and packages or whatever it might be, but they're charging in the neighborhood of four, five, six, eight, ten thousand $10,000 per client right when the client comes in the door. So when you look at it that way, to have somebody come into my program, and bring in two hundred ten thousand dollars. You know, two hundred ten thousand dollars in the first few weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's. It, it sounds like a crazy number. Sure. Don't get yeah. me wrong. The first time I did that, it was crazy. But if you think about it, if you're charging a five thousand dollar price, that's like forty people. You know what I mean? If you're charging a ten thousand dollar price, that's like twenty people. Yep. So it's not. 
you know, it's not that crazy once you get the power of math on your side, once you get the power of big numbers on your side. Now, I think you probably get this a lot. And I think somebody who's listening right now might say, well, yeah, if I charge that much to our clients, I'm not going to have any clients because no one's going to want to work for me for that price. There's no way I could get that amount. I mean, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Is that yeah, something right. that you hear a lot? And what do you no, say? It is, yeah, it's something that we hear a lot. But the thing is, like, it, it, it tends to come from um, it tends to come from the fact that you don't have a proper appreciation of the value that you provide. So a lot of people tend to think that their their price, their value, is determined by how hard they work, yeah. or how many hours they work, or what their competition is charging. And one of our fundamental beliefs at Clients on Demand is that none of that stuff is true. Okay, the, what, what determines your value is the value of the outcome that you provide for people. So, for example, in my business, we're taking businesses that don't have any clients, or that you know, if they do have clients, they're undercharging. Um, you know, and, and we fix that problem for them. We say, listen, this is how you get a steady stream of clients. We're going to pay you five thousand dollars anytime you want. That's a big ass problem. If you yeah. don't have clients coming in the door and you don't have new business. Charging and you're working with the wrong people, oh, that sucks. I mean, your business is on its way out. It's on life support. So if we can come in and solve that, you know, what's that really worth? To me, that's worth at least a few thousand dollars, if not more. Sure. You know, or or if you're if you're a, a nutritionist or a health coach and people come to you, they're forty pounds overweight and their energy level sucks, and you get them, you know, in terrific shape. You get their blood work looking fantastic. You know, you've got their energy levels going through the roof, and and essentially you're adding like twenty years to their life. What the hell is that worth? I mean, that's worth like thousands and thousands of dollars at, at least. If you can even so, put a price on it, right? Yeah, if you can even put a price on it. So then why are you charging 100 bucks an hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. we really, that's kind of the, one of the biggest uh, uh, shifts that we have to help our clients make. It's like, listen, you know, what you do, assuming you can really get results for people, right? What you do is incredibly valuable and it's so much more it's worth so much more than what you're charging so the first thing we do is get you to see that and then once you realize that then we show you how to put the marketing systems in place so that other people will see that too and they'll actually show up and hand you a credit card and say yes i would like to join your program and i'm willing to pay eight thousand dollars to do that or whatever your price is now on the back side of that too russ it sounds like to me what i think would be cool and this probably happens is that once you really help them figure out like hey man this is really good this is really valued do you see that they they start to realize that too and maybe they their business even becomes better not just because of the revenue but then they're like wow this is a really good service i need to add this and this and this does that help them grow that piece of their business not just client and not just money um, yes, because that's the biggest shift that we have to help them make. Exactly. Um, and if we can help them make that shift, they're golden because that's where your power comes from. Your power comes from understanding the true value of what it is that you do. So like, in other words, you know, sometimes I'll have, I'll have people come to me and it's like, it's like, okay, great. What's the outcome you provide for your clients? And they'll say something like, oh, well, I'm a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, oh, just by putting it that way, you're you're one in a sea of graphic designers, you know, and you got some in the United States, you got other graphic designers in the Philippines who will redo your whole website for like 20 bucks. I mean, so it's like you're making yourself into a commodity. But if you express what you do in terms of the outcomes that you provide, you automatically make yourself way more valuable. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, in other words, if you told me, if you had come in and said, Russ, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, I'm a marketing consultant. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, cool. That doesn't sound very cool. But if it's like, yeah, look, I can help you get the right clients at the right price anytime you want. Obviously, that sounds a lot more, that sounds a lot cooler, you know? 
Yeah. And it's kind of all the entrepreneurs and business owners that have come in here too. I think one of the first things we talk about mistakes in here, one of the things that they say, not everybody, but a majority of our podcast guests have said, you know, we, we were taking clients that we thought we had to take, um, to keep the revenue, not that we wanted to take. And once we got to the point where we were taking the clients that we wanted to take for the right price and for what we felt was the right price, those clients, although maybe we had less of the clients, we had the right type of clients. And that's when things really started to shift. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so so the benefits are are just through the roof. First of all, you know where your next client's gonna come from. So you don't have to sit there, yeah, you know, like hey, we gotta get more work, right? Stressing about where the hell the next client's gonna come yeah, from. Yeah. Second, each client is worth thousands and thousands of dollars to you. And third, you're not just getting a bunch of bums coming in the door, but you're getting the exact clients that you want to work with, really cool people who are really committed, who don't see you as like an employee or a wage slave or anything like that, but they see you as like Yoda. They see you as the authority. <laughs> yeah. Where they're going to show up and, and you're, you know, they're going to do anything you tell them to do. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to look at it because right now, I mean, look at our business too. That's kind of what we're doing. We're getting to that point and some things that you're talking about and we're actually going to watch your podcast. But, um, you know, I think that really allows for the clients to come to you rather than, you know, they want to work with you because right now what we're doing a lot of is that they'll go and they'll get a website quote from us or they'll get a video quote from us and they'll get it from somebody else and somebody else. And then they're making decisions based on who knows. Um, right. Because we're all the same, you know. As far as they go, we're lo- they're looking at price, and maybe they're looking at our portfolio. But I mean, we haven't given them a reason to look at anything else. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's mm. exactly right. So, why did you start this company? How long have you been doing this? And and tell us about that beginning where you're like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Yes, yeah, so sort of the origin story, so to speak, is that I. You know, I, I had been bartending in Los Angeles for like 10 years. From age 21, as soon as I was legally allowed to bartend, I started bartending. And I was living in LA and I was doing the acting thing. Cool. And, uh, you know, I turned 30, then I turned 31, and I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> like I cannot keep doing this. If I have to pour another drink, I'm going to jump off a cliff. Oh, I man. Got to figure something out. And there was a, a buddy of mine whose kid brother came into my bar one day. And this is in the middle of like the, the horrible, horrible recession that was going on. And, yep. you know, people were getting killed. And, um, you know, this kid's sitting there and he must have been 22, 23 years old. And he's drinking at the bar. And he's just like, what recession, baby? I've got an <laughs> online business. I made 1200 bucks today. Da, 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 da. And I was just like, what is this kid talking about? And then the more I talked to him, the more I realized he was serious. He was, he was telling the truth. And I thought to myself, okay, look, I don't know what this kid's doing. I don't know what this kid's about. But if this little bastard can figure this thing out, <laughs> I can figure this thing yeah, out too. If he can do it, I can do it. You're right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Then I, so then I started doing a ton of research and I realized that, hey, look, you can create a passive online income. You can sell stuff online. You can create information products. There's all these different ways you can make money online. So I got into creating information products, okay? And I started teaching people, um, started out in the relationship niche and then moved to the marketing niche very, very quickly. Started teaching people how to, um, you know, how to, how to sell stuff online because I was very, very good at it. Um, and uh, the, the problem with the way that I was doing it is I would do these big launches like you see people do. You know, the, there's the whole product launch formula thing and there's the whole launch game where yep, people yep. do these big, big launches and they try to sell like two or three or four or 5,000 copies of whatever the hell it is. And, um, you know, and maybe they charge a lower price. They charge 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 2,000 bucks, whatever it is, but a, but a price that's not that big. And they'll try to enroll thousands of people into their program all at once. Well, that's what I was doing. Um, and there was a couple problems with that. Really, really big problems. Number one, your income is inconsistent. So you're doing a launch, you're making money. You're not doing a launch. Guess what? You're not making any money. 
So your income goes in these big spikes every time you do a launch, and then it stops, and then you have to sit there and go, okay, got to find something else to launch. <laughs> do I have to go back to bartending? Right, exactly, exactly. You know, And then um, the other thing is that, and this is the crazy thing, is I'd have thousands of people buy my stuff, but when I would turn around and follow up with them, you know, and they would say, Russ, I love this product. This is amazing, blah, blah, blah. This is the greatest thing ever. Okay, cool. What have you done with it? Oh, oh, uh, uh, nothing. You know, yeah. <laughs> I read like 30 so pages yeah. and it sounded awesome. I'll finish it. Right, exactly. Oh, so yeah. The people were just kind of buying <laughs> this stuff to sort of get like an emotional fix or oh, because yeah. they were curious That's or whatever. pretty typical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty typical. They wouldn't do anything. Yeah, and I, and I heard the same thing that, that's just true for everybody. I mean, I forget it was. Somebody told me like, Tony Robbins's first course, uh, Personal Power, the, the the CDs that people would order oh, in the mail. Yeah, yeah. Something like 85% of people never even took the wrapper off or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. It's like I, I have these lists of business books too. And I know, you know, because I started to do that too when I first started my company. I got these, I did the same damn thing. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to, and I think launch was one of them. I'm like, this is going to change our business. And then I just, and it's still there. And I read 30 pages of it and I didn't really go to the next. <laughs> and it's terrible to say that, man, because these guys are great. I mean, I'm not saying that the content's not great at all. I'm just saying that it, it, you get excited and it's that emotional, like this is going to do it. And then you get busy with regular work stuff and you don't finish it. So I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it and, and it, it started to bother me. I was like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. You know, sure, I'm making money, but it's like if people are just going, oh, that's cool, and then moving on to the next thing. I'm like, yeah, I can make a good living doing this, but that's not what I want. What I want is to really get people some amazing results, okay? So at that point in my business, an amazing result was like I had would have a client come back to me and say, hey, I applied this and I made like 10 grand. And that happened a few times and I was like, oh man, that's so cool. And at that point, that was really cool. But sure. it was so very rare that someone actually took action that I said, okay, look, I gotta flip this thing around. What would happen if instead of charging a low price and trying to work with thousands of people, I charged a much higher price but actually focus on creating a transformation. So it's not information, it's transformation. We're actually going to just go balls to the wall and go nuts to get these people to take action and get results. And so when I did that, it was like the whole world changed. I started working with maybe 20 or 30 clients a month. I started charging a premium price. And what was amazing is that by raising my prices, People showed up that were much more committed. They didn't show up because they were curious. They showed up because they really wanted to get results. And then because I was only working with like 20 or 30 people, I could really go to bat for them. Yeah, and you Whereas could like, look, yeah. Man, yeah, because it's like, look, if you're selling 4,000 copies or something, There's you can't no way. You can't even talk to any of those people, right? Yeah, right. it doesn't matter. So by, by cutting down on the number of clients, I was able to give them more attention and really focus on getting them results, and they showed up more committed. So now it's pretty routine that someone comes through my program, and it's like, oh, I did $70,000 while I was in Russ's eight-week program, or I did $100,000 or $200,000 while I was in his program. And um, you know, it's not because I'm a genius or anything. It's because these people invested at a premium price and I'm giving them the attention that they need to get those kinds of results. Well, I think too, by, you know, they have to pay that premium price and they're going to probably have to talk to their significant other. They're going to have to talk to their business partner, their team and say, look, guys, we're going to spend five, let's say it's $5,000. We're going to spend this amount of money. And if we do this, you know, we've got to commit ourselves to this eight week program. We've got to commit ourselves and this is going to have to work. We're going to make this work. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. I've heard this a lot. I've heard that same thing going from 150, 300 to 400, but back down to like 10, 15, 20 really good clients. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that to me, that's the way to do it because you know, you don't need to just like 
pack your roster with all these crazy people that you don't even know and you never get a chance to interact with. You know, we've got a business now. We're doing two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a month most months, and you know, we're working with the, exactly who we want to work with. The clients come in every month like clockwork because we have our systems in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a, it's just fun, man. It's yeah. just fun. I love it. It's, I love it. You know, it's it's like it's not a drag anymore. It's fun. So now let's keep that fun going and, and let's talk 10 years, man. <laughs> I always like to look 10 years down the road and, and you know, with us, especially, you know, with what we're doing and what you're doing too, things change lightning speed tomorrow. You know, who knows what the, you know, the latest marketing trick's going to be or whatever. But what do you see for your business 10 years down the road? Well, here's the deal. So obviously technology affects things, but people, it doesn't affect it doesn't affect things the way that people think, okay? Yeah. So there's something that never changes, and then there's stuff that changes. The thing that never changes is human nature, ever, 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 ever. So as long as you are helping people achieve something, people are always going to need that help. Now, the technology, the vehicle that we use to do that might change. That you might know, change, like right, right now, yeah, right now I really love webinars in, you know, 10 years from now, it could be a little hologram of That's me. That's going to be, yeah, who knows, yeah. You know, I mean, no idea. It could be, that could be next year as far as we know. Yeah, exactly. It could yeah. be sending people little robots in the mail, a little <laughs> robot that tells you about our program. I don't Man, know. shit, it sure could be. We have no idea. We have no idea. But I can tell you, whatever it is, we're going to do it right because we understand human nature and yeah. we understand what people really need. And here's the thing. If you're somebody who's selling information, information is becoming more and more and more of a commodity every single day. It's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Stuff gets shared. Stuff yeah. gets pirated. Right. If you're selling information, you're really building your house on sand. But people are always going to need transformation. They're always mm. going to need a leader to come to them and say, hey, if you want to achieve this, we're going to do it and we're going to do it together. So there's always going to be a market for that. Um, now, as far as where my business is in the next 10 years, I don't know if I can see that far, but in the next five years, I would like to be a company that's that's doing a few hundred million dollars in business a year. and um, Doing the same thing that you're business. doing now, just more. Essentially, yeah. But so there's got to be some other ideas that you right, have out there so too. We yeah, want to yeah. do what we're doing now, but more. But the real future for my company is, and, and the real value in, in the company is that, look, we have a process for generating clients on demand. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your business is. It if works. you need a steady yeah. flow of great clients, clients, boom, we've got it. So um, what we're going to start doing is partnering up with different businesses where we say, listen, we will essentially become your marketing department. We'll take over all of your marketing. We'll take care of all your advertising. We'll do all that stuff for you. You, you know, We bring the clients in the door. You work with the clients. You show them a terrific result or whatever it is that you do, and we split the profits. Huh? And that's how we're going to scale the company by, yeah, yeah. by getting into those strategic partnerships. Because a lot of these types of businesses that are of certain size, too, they don't have a marketing department. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. They yeah. have a person that is in charge of marketing, but that's about it. Yep, exactly. Huh, I like it. So we talk about the business machine in a couple of different ways. One is learning from our mistakes. Secondarily, and also just as, as important, is we talk about the machine of ourselves and what we're trying to do and what you're working towards. And I've you know taken a look at your staff and you've got some great staff there too, but we're always trying to figure out ways to get our machine running by itself, I guess, so that you and I don't always have to be there leading the company in the right direction. So I consider pieces of the machine technology uh, clients could be um, definitely employees or pieces of that machine that helps it run so that I can do other things and lead the company to that next year or five years down the road. So what are some things that you do or maybe suggest to some of your business owners that they can do to keep that machine running when you're not always there and able to make it go 
24-7? Well, I think that you always have to be present in the business to a certain degree. So people need to be led, period. Yeah. And this is, yeah. a, this, is a, this is a mistake that I made actually earlier this year. Um, and I know you might be asking me about mistakes. No, point, go for this it. This is yeah. one that comes to mind right now. Um, I essentially followed the philosophy that you're talking about right now, where you're like, look, I want to build a business that runs like a machine. I want to build a business that runs without my direct involvement, right? And to a large degree, I've been very successful at that. So our ad campaigns run. I don't do have to do anything with that. Our webinars run. I don't really need to do much to keep those, you know, to do those. Uh, we have a terrific sales team. The sales team talks to the clients and closes the clients. Most of our training is delivered in an automated way. So I just come on like you know a few times a week and answer questions and 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 work with the clients directly. But for the most part, it's pretty hands off for me. And I thought that I had it made in the shade. You know, I thought it was like, oh man, I've got this kick-ass business. It's running like clockwork. It's great. I'm just going to take a couple months off. Well, it wasn't like I'm going to take a couple months off, but I just sort of disengaged from things. I disengaged from the day-to-day so that I could focus on sort of the big picture strategic stuff, right? right? But here's the problem. You can have marketing processes that run like a machine. You can have ad campaigns that run like a machine. You can use online, you know, technology that runs like a machine. People do not run like machines. Yeah. And what people need is they need leadership. And so when I first started the company, I would come in and I would make my speeches and I would make sure everybody understood the mission, everybody understood what we did and why it was so important, and everybody was totally aligned with our values and, and what we do. And as the business became more automated, I sort of stopped doing that. And what I saw was a big drop in the performance of my team where before they were super engaged and switched on and kicking ass, and then all of a sudden, people who had been top performers just kind of started to fall off. Oh, yeah. And they just Yeah, that makes sense because they, oh, well, you know what? He's not as fired up. We can just kind of float along here and do this. Right. And the thing, is, the thing is, I was fired up. I mean, I was waking up out of bed, slamming my coffee, getting working <laughs> on the big picture stuff. But what I wasn't doing is, you know, it's like in the beginning of Gladiator, right? Like when, you know, uh, Russell Crowe, General Maximus, like he walks down the line and he like looks each one of his soldiers in the eye and like, you know what I mean? He makes yeah, his like, yeah, yeah. speech or whatever. It's like, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? It's the friggin' Roman army. Like they are going to win. You know what I mean? It's that not, would be cool though. I'd not, like to do that scene. That's a great scene. I'm going to do that when I come to the office tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. bad. I'm going to play that song and I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know, he knows they're going to win. Oh yeah. Gee, they got the man, but he knows they're going to win. But he still does it because people need to be led. And that was a big mistake that I made. It's like, look, you can disengage from your business and you can put things on autopilot and you should. And that's terrific. But you've got to get in there and you've got to show your face and you've got to fire everybody up. It's critical. Yeah. And it's just little things, too, that I find is just, you know, just what, so what I do. And, and I got out of this habit is I would sit in my office and just get buried on, behind the desk with email. And so inefficient. It wasn't working very well. And I just had no idea. We've got a couple different offices up here with uh, you know, staff that sit in and graphic designers, all that stuff. And I found that when I stopped doing that and stopped sitting behind my desk and go out there and work on my laptop and talk with the staff and see what they're doing, like the culture that I thought was not what I want it to be, it actually started to be the culture that it was originally. It's just I wasn't there. Mm. And so, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And people need different things. That's what we find too. And where somebody might not ever need uh, any sort of you know, they just are head down worker. They do a great job all the time, but then somebody else might need you to just take a look at stuff and say, how's it going? And that looks really good and little things like that. And you just don't know. And if you're not yeah. there, you don't know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you, you just, you've got to keep your eye on things and you have to at least get in there and, and, you know, just by sheer charisma and the force of your personality and the force right. of your vision, um, that's you know, enough sometimes. Yeah. No, no. I, yeah, I totally agree. Love it. So we kind of talked about the mistake, you know, along the same lines too, Russ, what was something that you guys tried or you tried as a company that, you know what, this is really good idea. This is going to work. And then it just didn't work out. Well, I mean, we're always trying new things. Sure. Um, and you know, what's very interesting is that a lot of my approach is built on the fact that look, look, we tried a lot of the stuff that people talk about all the time and it right. just straight up doesn't work. Nice. So like one of the things you hear people talk about all the time is the power of content marketing. Oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about, oh, branding. You have to brand yourself. You have to create a brand. Yep. And it's like, no, you're not Apple, okay? You're a <laughs> guy sitting in front of his computer, you know, doing a, you know, trying to, trying to bring some cash in the door, okay? No one cares about your brand. Um, so one of the things that uh, you know that, that that's sort of out there that's conventional wisdom is that you've got to do all this content marketing. You got yep. to do blogging. It's you a big thing right now. Yep. Yeah, you got to do all this stuff. And if you crank out this content, there's two big assumptions people make. Number one, the first assumption is that people are even going to care and that people are even going to notice yeah. all this content you're producing. And then second of all, if that audience does somehow show up, that somehow at some point they're going to give you money. So <laughs> like, man, I read this blog. It's great. Here's my checkbook. Right, exactly. So it's like the formula is like um, you're really good. Step writer. one, create blog posts. Step two, I don't know. Step yeah. Three, <laughs> yeah, just do it. You know, like, yeah. It's like where where's the money come in? And so it's crazy because I see so many people teaching this, yeah. and their poor students have spent a year and a half hunched over their computer, getting arthritis, throwing out their back, grinding out blog posts that no one's going to read and no one cares about, and then it's been like a year and a half. And they haven't made any money, and their business is right where it was. And then they call us, and I get on the phone with them, and it's just heartbreaking because they're working so hard, and they're not bringing money in the door. So um, one of the things that you know, sort of, I tried when I was first first starting out is to do that kind of an approach, and it just does not work. Period. What you need is a sales process. Yep. You need a process that brings new customers in the door and turns them into clients and then deliver whatever it is you're going to deliver to them in a way that's leveraged and fun and makes you feel good and gets them a great result. And that's all you need. And, and you could set yeah. that up in like three weeks. You yeah, don't and need I, uh, years and years and years to build a big follow. Yeah, no, but you do need years and years and years to write blogs, though. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I like about that, too? I've never really heard that. And I, you know, I always kind of wondered as far as the blog content, social media content, all that other stuff, too. But, you know, I think what that content marketing has done and, and, and just that word and that idea is I think it's really turned people off from what they think is traditional sales. And, it, and really, traditional sales has never changed. It's just a process. And I think that's sort of replaced that in some of these businesses, or they think it it, it is what should replace it. And, and like you said, it just doesn't work because there is no process. The process is write content and hope they come. Exactly. But the great thing about this, if you're a real evil uh, business coach or a real evil marketing coach is guess what? You can sign people up for your program and say, hey, let's write some blog posts. Oh, yeah. And you can keep those poor bastards writing blog posts for like a year before they ever stop and go, wait a minute, maybe this guy's... Because <laughs> guy it takes time. You could just say, well, it takes time for Google to crawl it. So just yeah, hold on. I had a client, okay, so like, yeah, so we had a client come through my workshop um, uh, uh, you know, a few months ago and she was telling me, Russ, you know, hey, before I, I signed up for your program, I was talking to this other guy and uh, he had a year-long mentoring program. The whole thing was focused on content marketing and I signed up for it and on the very first day, 
he said, listen, so this is great. It's a one-year program, and uh, we're going to be building a blog. We're going to be building an audience, and you shouldn't expect to see any kind of financial return for uh, at least a year. <laughs> what she, and I was like, well, how why she you? Your program is a year long. I was like, so <laughs> you're off the hook. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, he's off the hook for a whole year. Oh, I didn't make any money. Well, I told you, you weren't going to make any money for a year. It's like, okay. I'm like, dude, come in my program, eight weeks, <laughs> we'll get things rocking and rolling. Wow. And uh, you know, it, it's just a much quicker approach. So, Russ, what do you have to work on, man? What's your biggest fault? I, you know, being a CEO and a leader is tough. I think it, it takes a certain type of person to be able to do it right. And, you know, you guys are doing really well. Um, and But there's always, you know, that small business or, you know, business ownership is there's always challenges, man, no matter what, no matter how good you're doing. What are some things that you think you have to work on personally? Well, right now, the immediate goal is to go from 250K a month to like a million a month. That's where we're, that's the goal for the next like seven or eight months. Um and there are significant challenges that come up with that. Just like, look, I mean, you know, when I wanted to go from ten thousand a month to a hundred thousand a month, there were big, big challenges we had to solve. To go from, you know, a couple hundred thousand to a million a month, that's you know a whole other set of challenges. And and those challenges are like, look, how do we scale this? How do we get enough new clients in the door to hit that mark while making sure that we're not compromising our standards and we're still being very picky about who we want to work with and we're still getting those clients a great result. And so it's just those challenges that, that come with, um, with scaling. And for me, um, it's about solving those challenges. It's about, um, taking on new, new projects and, 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 you know, so it's about solving the day-to-day challenges we have now while still, Keeping right. sight of the big picture of the of the big strategic picture of the of the company and 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 it's so difficult for entrepreneurs because a lot of the times they either just disconnect from the business entirely and go off into dreamland where they're thinking all these big wonderful thoughts but they have no idea how to actually execute <laughs> or, or they're spending so much time executing that it just becomes like they're constantly putting out fires and reacting to stuff yeah. rather than imposing their vision on the world. So that's really the challenge for me right now is is just staying completely faithful and secure in in what I want to create. So I don't lose sight of that big picture, but I'm also day to day just taking down challenge after challenge after challenge. And then do you, how do you do I mean how do you do that? That's one of the things that I think everybody's talked about on the show is that you know we're trying to I think the old cliche is, you know, don't just work at your business, work on your business. And that's something that we all have to do. But how do you make sure that you're setting aside specific time to make sure that, yes, because you, you're going to have to put out fires. You're going to have to deal with the clients that you have today. You're going to have to deal with employees, but then you have to keep building and making sure that that goal of a million a month is going to happen. Is there something specific that you do, or is it just always a task that you're going to do no, every single day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a few big ideas. Yeah. The, number one, Every day you have to work on your mindset. Every day without fail. Just like, you know, I believe the natural tendency of the human brain mm-hmm. is to go toward fear and doubt and desperation. Oh, no just question. Like, yeah, just like the natural tendency of your body is to get weak. Hey, if you don't <laughs> go to the gym, you're gonna get you're, exactly. you're not gonna get stronger. It's exactly the same thing. So every day, every single day, I take time to really visualize who I wanna be and where I want my company to be. And here's the secret. The secret is not to think of your goals. The secret is to think from your goals. So in other words, instead of saying, look, I want to do this, I want to do this, this I want to do I this. Be, yeah. yeah, and picturing it as some distant future. Yeah. You have to assume that those things are your reality today. Hmm. If I were running a company that was doing $100 million a year, 
How would I talk? How would I carry myself? How would I dress? How would I make these tough decisions? And that's a difficult thing to do because let's say, for example, that you're trying to get to a $100,000 a month business and you want to work with a certain kind of client, okay? And right now, you know, you haven't really brought in enough business this month and you're on the phone with a potential client and you know this guy's not a fit. It's which reality are you going to make a decision from? Are you going to make a decision from the reality of, oh, I'm, I'm already running a $100,000 a month company and therefore I can choose who I want to work with? Or are you going to start making decisions from, oh my God, I'm so desperate, I better take this client on or I'm going to starve this month? Yeah, like if we don't, this is money. Like you know, it's, it's a $2,000 client, $2,000 is $2,000. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. If you keep that mindset, you, never will, stay, change. you will stay in that reality. It will yep. never change. And so it's easy to sit down and say, oh, I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day and visualize. That's cool. And that's important. And it's essential, but it's not enough. You got to take that vision into your day. And you have to make decisions as if you were that person. So if you've got somebody working in your company, that if you were running a $100 million company, you would fire that person in a heartbeat, but you're too afraid to fire them right now. You know what I'm saying? You're, oh. You've got to make the tough decisions. <laughs> That's, That's tough. Really the secret. Yeah. That's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, and, and it is tough, and I've had to do it. I <laughs> had to do it a couple months ago. And uh, <laughs> These podcasts are supposed to make me feel better and, and all this other stuff. I'm starting to make a list. I'm starting to sweat a little bit because you're starting to talk about some up. things that we're doing. I'm like, oh, my God, I just did that today. Well, yeah, because it's <laughs> Come <tough>. on. <laughs> Everybody would do it. So, um, yeah, man, you got to – the first thing is you got to spend every single every single day, you got to spend time uh, visualizing and, and thinking about your goals. And, but then you have to act accordingly. So you can't, you know, do your visualizing and then, and then, you know, for 10 minutes a day and spend the other 23 hours and 50 minutes living like you're some other guy, you know, <laughs> living like you're this weak version of yourself. Yeah. We, you're going to visualize five. yourself as this strong, badass right. version of yourself. You got to be that guy 24 hours a day. And that's <laughs> when things start to change. I love it. Um, and then, and then, and then the other, the other point that I want to make is that, Anything that you hate to do, you can find people who love to do it and are brilliant at it. <laughs> so that was a big insight for me is that like, look, it, you know, if you're trying to have the strategic vision, but you're also trying to execute, the quality of your team is everything. Yeah, and it I, sure is. I honestly, I believe you can, the only skill you really need to be rich is obviously you have to believe in yourself and you have to have guts and all that stuff. But the only skill that you really need is to be able to identify people with talent and get them to come work for you. Yeah. And I, and I say that a lot is that one of the things that I'm very good at is finding people that are better and smarter than I am and that things. And, and that is, I think one of the reasons why my whole team does things much better than I do. And, and I think you're right. I think that's a, I think that's a sign of a good leader too. You, you make everyone or you have everyone around you better than you are. And that, that's how a lot of these, you know, fortune 500 companies have built. Yeah, you should amazing. be in awe of the people on your team. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I've got a, I've got a, um, one of the things I did in my program is obviously I, I, you know, I'm a marketing coach. I teach marketing. But what I found is that a lot of the clients who came in the door, yeah, they had marketing issues, but they also had some mindset issues, just like we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. they had a lot of self doubt. Sure. They had a lot of, you know, self sabotaging behaviors, or they just didn't believe in themselves, or whatever it might be. And I thought to myself, well, look, I'm a marketing expert, but I'm sure as hell not a mindset coach expert. So um, I brought in this incredible woman named Jane, who's been, you know, doing marketing coaches, marketing business coaching with the top top organizations in the world for like 25 years. And I swear to God, when she works with my clients, I'm just like in awe. Because I watch her do her thing and she's so good at figuring out exactly what their problem is and, and, 
and shifting them in the course of a conversation where it's like they're literally a different person thinking differently after she talks to them for 10 minutes. It's an amazing thing. And that's nothing that you could have ever done for them. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Like you should have people on your team where when they do their thing, you're just like, whoa. It's glorious. You're like, oh my gosh, I just want to sit here and watch this happen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Love that. It gives you the chills, man. I love when you find good people, man. That's just amazing. So well, let's talk a little bit work-life balance. I don't really like work, work-life balance. I can tell you don't like that word sort of work-life balance. <laughs> you love what you do. I hate it too, but I have to keep it in there so that people can understand what we're talking about. But you know, our work could never stop, especially you. We're mobile. We're on the, you know, the phone uh, is all we need for most places too. But at some point, especially you, you've got a new child in the house too. How are you able to I don't want to say shut it off, but how are you able to be there with your family when you've got this million dollar business that you're running to? Well, a lot of it is, like I said, about structure. So obviously having a terrific team helps, um, but also delivering whatever it is your service is in the most leveraged way possible. Um, you know, so like in other words, if you're a coach, just to use the coaching example, are you seeing clients one-on-one? Or do you have a more leveraged system? If you don't have a more leveraged system and you're, you're seeing clients one-on-one, guess what you're doing? You're trading time for dollars. And that sucks because trading time for dollars is the same thing as trading life for dollars. Yeah. You know, when you say, Russ, I'll give you $1,000 for an hour of your time, you're like, Russ, I'll give you $1,000 for an hour of your life. It's like, ooh. <laughs> That's not really? happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it, a lot of it comes down to how is your business structured. And so we've worked really hard and I've worked really hard to make sure that our marketing is like 90% automated, you know, serving our clients is like 90% automated. Um, and so having that, those structures in place really helps because if I want to unplug and spend time with my wife and kid, I can do that whenever I want. Um, so you have to look at, you know, how is your business structured? Do you have freedom or do you not? And if you don't have freedom in the way the business is set up, then you can read any number of books or any number of whatever, and it's not going to make a difference. you got to change the fundamental structures of your business because yeah. if you're trading time for dollars, the only way you can make more dollars is if you give up more time. And you have to find a way to break out of that equation. So you have to hire somebody, a mentor like me or somebody else. There's, like a, you know, there's a lot of other guys who could probably help, but you've got to restructure the fundamentals of your business so that the marketing is happening on autopilot, the clients are coming in on autopilot, and you're serving them maybe 80-90% on autopilot. And then that's a recipe for, for, for freedom. And, and, and so then work-life balance, it's not even something I think about yeah, because right, I work right. from home. I've yeah. got all this free time. I, but you your structure is in place. So yeah, you just do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what you said earlier too in the show, and I think a lot of people do this, is that if I just work a little bit harder... Or if I just work another two or three hours a day, or I'll get up a little bit earlier and stay a little bit later, then I'll be able to get everything done and then everything's going to be better. But then I think what happens is they just work more. <laughs> Nothing really well, yeah, changes. So, okay, so that's, a, that's a really great point. Okay, so here's the thing you need to think about. I believe that each person has, what's, has an area of mastery, okay? And that's something that you are A, absolutely brilliant at, and B, you absolutely love to do, mm-hmm. okay? So for me, it's you know, designing like marketing funnels. It sounds stupid, but like, you know, crafting people's <laughs> webinars and helping people with their marketing messages. I'm really, really good at that stuff and I love to do it. I'll do it all day long. Um, managing Facebook ads. You don't want to do I that. I hate it. Yeah. I'm good at it, but I hate it. I, don't I hate do it, it with a passion. Yep. So it's like, I don't do it. So you look at your, you know, I have, I have, uh, uh, I have a coach, uh, I have, a, I have a, a woman who does all my Facebook advertising. 
and also coaches our clients. Um, so the thing is, is like, you have to look at your to-do list and you have to make sure that, you know, 80, 90, 100% of your day, you're just doing that one thing that you're brilliant at and you love to do. And everything else, you hand off to somebody else. Because you're not, you know, even if you're good at it, if you don't like it, you're not going to be that good at it. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, how good can you be at something you hate? So it's like only do the stuff that you're really terrific at and that you love to do. And then once you do that, it's like, oh man, you find yourself, you can work a lot less and the work that you do doesn't feel like work feels great. Yeah. I was doing that too. And what I, and I still am doing this and I'm getting better at it. But one of the things that I was doing is I, there would be things that I would just say, okay, don't worry staff. I'll take care of this or don't worry, Allie, who's our video. I'll do this one. And then, you know, it would just sit there and it would be on my list and I wouldn't want to do it because I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do it. And so I would do other things that really didn't have to be done or did anything for the business and would just sit there and sit there and sit there. And I'd never get it done until the last minute. And finally, when I realized I'm like, you know what, Allie, I'm I'm actually not going to do this. You should probably do it. That was like a weight off my shoulder, but I waited all week and worried about that one thing that I had to do for no reason. Then I shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Self, yeah. Self-destructive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's like, like I said, you can find somebody who is amazing at the stuff that you hate doing. And who and loves to do it. Lo- wants to do it. Wants to do it. Yeah, man. I talked to, I talked to, you know, Adrian about Facebook ads, like Facebook rolls out some new feature and she's so excited she's about like, it. Oh my she's gosh. Like, I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's all excited yeah. about it. I'm just like, I like, don't know. About. Like, it's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then she probably says, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you like to do funnels. That's terrible. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's exactly, it's exactly that, you know, it's like, look, just focus on your area of mastery and hand off everything else and you'll be so much happier and your company will work better and you'll make more money and everyone in your team will be happy. Yeah. So let's talk about team happiness. And it looks like you've done a really good job about hiring the right people looking at your staff page and they just seem like to be the best in that position. How do you make sure that, I don't even want to say get the right ones because it looks like you've done a pretty good job with that, but how do you make sure that they're satisfied You know, when they're working for you and everything, you know, they're doing exactly what you're talking about doing for yourselves. And because we want them to be productive and happy and and because otherwise, if they're not loving their job, they're not going to do a job and so on and so forth. So how do you make sure day to day, it has to be day to day, I would think Mm -hmm. that that's happening? Well, number one, you make sure that not only are you operating from your area of mastery, but so is everyone else on your staff. Yeah, don't give them things that they don't want to be doing, right? Right. Give them stuff that they love to do and that they're terrific that they're terrific at. Um, so that's step one. And if each person's working in their area of mastery, you're like a huge chunk of the way there because yeah, people are doing the stuff that they're naturally brilliant at. And it's like really hard to screw up something you're amazing at and that you also enjoy doing. Um, the second thing is I'm a big believer in keeping everyone accountable to a number. So whatever that is, the the each employee has to be accountable to a number that they need to hit so that there's some way of quantifying their output. Hmm. Now, that can be tricky with things like a graphic designer because like sure. either the design is good or the design sucks. <laughs> yeah. so for mo- you know, but for most businesses or for most positions, um, there's a number that people can be accountable to. Salespeople can be accountable to a number. Um, you know, like I said, my, the, my Facebook person is is, is accountable to a, to hitting a certain number, getting us a certain number of leads at a certain price. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a certain dollar amount. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So each person is is accountable to a number for performance, and I also am a big believer in um, incentivized compensation, hmm. where 
the money people make will be dependent on them hitting certain benchmarks to a certain degree. So I love tying in people's compensation to their job performance. Like so for example, most of my salespeople are on a commission only basis and they they love that. Like they thrive on that because they love that like, you know, do or die um, you know, kind of hard charging like you got to you got to perform. You know, they love that environment. Um, and, but even my client, even my even my people that are on salary, um, they they're all tied in to the growth of the business as a whole. So yeah, like they'll get a percentage be, revenue right? that we do or whatever. Yeah. I don't believe in giving out equity. I don't believe in giving out a, a piece of the company because right. it's your company. You should keep it. Don't give it up for anything. But you can absolutely have bonuses and things like that that are all contingent on hitting certain benchmarks. And if you got if you got, so if you got a bunch of people where they're all working in their area of mastery, they love what they're doing, they've got a crystal clear goal that they're responsible for hitting. I mean, it's like it just works, man. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. works. And I can see how that salary too, if it's just a salary job too, whether they're the greatest employee and they love what they do and they love working for you, but you could get complacent pretty quickly, I think, because you know, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'm still going to make 50,000 a year. It's not going to really matter. But if you have some sort of incentive, it'd be like, well, you know, if I work this, if I do this, I can make X amount of dollars too. So yeah, I, I like that a lot. And we don't, we don't do that yet at our company, but that's something that we thought about. Well, because otherwise people end up doing just enough not to get fired. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you I, know? It's so foreign to me, but yeah, that, yeah. But I, you're right, though. I mean, that's exactly what they think. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look, I because I know because I've been on that side of the fence. I was a <laughs> yeah, bartender for ten right. years. Right. I half-assed every single thing anyone ever asked me to do. I was probably the worst bartender on the. I mean, literally, it was like the epitome <laughs> of just barely barely not getting fired like every single week i was like this is the week i'm gonna get fired and this went on for 10 years oh wow <laughs> nice like, job way to go i was like sooner or later they're gonna find out how terrible of a job i'm doing but they never did and like every month you're like oh my gosh they really don't know do they <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they have no idea so i was like all right whatever awesome. but yeah but so it's like i understand how quickly yeah. things generate if people, you know, don't believe in what they're doing and they don't understand the mission and no one's holding them accountable, it's like, <laughs> yeah, why though? Yeah, I can't blame them. Yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> we we've got a couple things to go through real quick here, but you know, I uh, was a high school teacher for gosh, seventeen years. I taught video, and so I was that cheesy teacher that that gave gave quotes out all the time. But I like quotes, uh, so give us a good quote that we can share with our listeners. Um, yeah, all right, I got a great quote. So a book that all of your all of your listeners should read is a book called How to Get Rich by a guy named Felix Dennis, okay? And it's a really cheesy title, but he gave it that title on purpose. No, did he? Because he, yeah, because he's a guy that actually built a massive massive company. I mean, when he died, I think he was worth about 780 million dollars. Wow. Um he created Dennis Publishing, which publishes like Maxim uh -huh. and um like Macworld, just like a ton of different magazines, right? That was his thing. Um, and so he wrote this book, How to Get Rich, because he was like, hey, guess what? I'm actually going to be a guy who writes a book about how to make money who's actually done it <laughs> and actually done it in a big, big way. And um, he called it How to Get Rich, ironically, because he spends the first three chapters basically convincing you that you're never going to do it. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a great that, way to get people not to read your book, right? Yeah, saying that, look, yes, you can. Of course you can. That's I mean, just about anybody can, but you're not going to because <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't have what it takes and you're not going to try <laughs> hard enough. It's an awesome book. It's yeah. just awesome because it's just brutal. And one of the things he says in that book that I really love is, is this. He says, somewhere in the invisible heart of all self-made wealthy men and women is a sliver of razored ice. 
The love of another or of family or of their God, if they have one, can help to contain it. Seeking great wealth will release that sliver to grow. It's in the nature of the beast. Wow. <laughs> That's deadly. It's, the, the whole book is filled with stuff like it's that. brutal, man. That's brutal. Guy, yeah, it's from a guy who knows. Sure. Because this is a guy who, you know, started out with nothing and by tooth and claw, just like clawed his way, by sheer force of will, built this incredible business. And uh, and I, I love this book. It's, it's, it's a terrific book. Yeah, I've never heard that. I'm going to have to check that out. If you could meet and have dinner with any business owner, and I don't want to say anybody, but let's stick to business owners. If you could meet and have dinner with one, alive or dead, who would it be? Him. It would be Felix Dennis. Would absolutely. it really? Yeah, that'd be oh, cool. Oh, dude. I, that would actually, be a good night, man. Oh, man. He died on my wedding day. Oh. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got married uh, on June 22nd, and he died that day. So I was like, okay, this is a sign. And um, yeah, your he, wife's like, you're supposed to be happy today, honey. Yeah, man. And he, he lived on this, um, this Island that Americans don't really know about, but this incredible Island called Mustique. It's privately owned. It's got like, I think 80 different villas on it. They're all like multi-million dollars some up to like the 20, 30, 40, $50 million range. And it's a place where a lot of British people go there and travel. Like if they're super, super, super wealthy, um, like, you know, uh, uh, the royal family goes there and stuff. Anyway, sure. he lived there. Oh, wow. And one of the things I did last year is I made like a pilgrimage <laughs> to like Mustique to just like, you know, check it out. But it was crazy because people had stories about him. Did they really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's just this larger than life character yeah. that everybody's talking about. It was just really interesting to kind of see where he hung out and see like the place where he lived and all this other stuff. But yeah, definitely him. Huh. Yeah, that would be something else. What piece of technology or app or software or something that you use every day that you couldn't live without? Uh, we use a program called Stealth Seminar to automate a lot mm -hmm. of our webinars, and that thing is just awesome. Cool. Um, and there's, there's a few different systems that will do that for you, but the great thing about Stealth is that their support is like unparalleled. Really? It is like incredible. Yeah, you open a support ticket over there, you get a response in like two minutes. That's hard to find. And a lot of the time, if you're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Can you tell me how to do it? They're like, oh, we'll just do it for you. Just chill out. <laughs> yeah, and then, then a half an hour later, they're like, oh, yeah, it's done. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, that's a that's a terrific one. What is your favorite place to eat out there in California? So, if we ever come visit you in SoCal, where should we go to eat or drink? Probably not at the place where you used to bartend. <laughs> at least not mention your name. <laughs> I won't even mention it. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, a couple places. There's a terrific place out here in um, Newport Laguna Beach called Alessa. Um, I'm Italian, like 100% Italian. I take my Italian food very, very seriously. And this is a place where you get like the real thing. Um, the chef, you know, was born in Italy, came sure. over here, opened this restaurant. It's incredible. It's called Alessa, and he does a he does a terrific job. So, Russ, people want to get a hold of you. They liked what you're talking about. They just want to see what it's about. What is the best way for them to do that with clients on demand or Russ? Uh, they can't. No, they, they, have, they can't. It's too yeah, busy. That, yeah, no. Plus, they don't have enough money to work with yeah, you. Yeah, no, forget it. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 of course. Um, so, look, if you want to talk about, so I've been talking about, you know, like sales funnels and sales processes sure. and, and a way to consistently attract clients. If you want to see what that looks like in action, then you should probably check out our funnel. Um, so where you want to go is clientsondemand.com forward slash webinar. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash webinar. You can see our funnel in action and see how it works. And this is what we use to attract clients. And this is what we also teach to our clients. So, you know, what you see is what you get with us. Um, 
you know, what we teach is what we do every single day. And the other place I'd like to invite you to is we have a free Facebook group called the Art of High Ticket Selling. Cool. And there's a lot of really kick-ass entrepreneurs in there running, you know, seven and eight finger businesses. It's there's like five thousand people in there right now. It's totally free. And uh, I'd love to see you in there. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash Facebook. It's clientsondemand.com forward slash Facebook. I like those Facebook groups. And that's something that we just got kind of into recently. But they're they're great because you have so many people in there. And it's a private Facebook group or a public Facebook group. But how it is. But it's not like sharing things. And you're not posting things of your kids. You're actually working with people that want to work with you or are in your situations. We've had a lot of luck and a lot of you know helpful advice in Facebook groups. So I would definitely check that one out. Yeah, I, I learn a lot in this one, and it's my group. And yeah, you know, people will cool. post stuff that's working for them, and it's it's just it's just cool, man. And it's free, and it's 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 just a great place to start. So, last question, man. It's a big one, but what do you hope, or what do you think that your legacy, Russ Rafino's legacy, will be? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I know, man. I, I hope nobody asks me that because I have no idea either. Well, yeah, I mean, I I, I do, but it's it's not something I think about very often. Sure. So, to me. The greatest tragedy in the world is wasted talent. And there's so many people out there that are phenomenal at what they do. You know, they are a relationship coach who, if your marriage is falling apart, they can literally turn things around. You know, they're a, a health and fitness coach where, like, if you're overweight, like I said, they can add 20 years to your life. I mean, people who can do an amazing thing. And the great tragedy is that these people are so good at what they do that they don't know shit about marketing. Yeah. And so they yeah. have, you know what I mean? They know yeah. everything they know about relationships. They don't know how to, how to, how to get clients. So they're never going to help anybody or that's exactly. your fear. Exactly. Right. And right. so what you end up with is all this good in the world that goes undone and people that go unhelped and, you know, relationships that don't get saved, people that don't get saved. They die young because they didn't get the help they needed when they needed it because the guy who could have helped them sucked at marketing. To me, that's a big tragedy. Hmm. And so what we do at Clients on Demand is we solve that problem where we're helping people, you know, do as much good in the world as they possibly can, far beyond what they thought that they could do. And um, if my legacy is some of that, where there's a lot of marriages that got saved because of me and a lot of businesses that got saved because of my clients and people who, you know, would have, uh, you know, died young, who live longer because they finally were able to get the help they need, then I think that... Uh, in some small way that karma filters back to me somehow. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I think it would. I, I love that, man. I, thank you so much for taking time to be on the business machine. Um, we learned a lot, um, got inspired, got a long list of things that we need to stop doing and start doing <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, definitely going to check out your, um, your webinar there and, um, we'll be in touch. So Russ, thanks a lot for being on. You got it. My pleasure, man. This was a blast. So Russ Rufino helping good people, great people do great things in the world would be his legacy. I love that. Um, doesn't get any better than that. So Russ Rafino from the art of high ticket selling on Facebook, um, check him out there and check him out online too. So that'll all be in the show notes. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the next time on the business machine.